0: Welcome to the Masterbooks Podcast, where we bring you conversations that will strengthen your biblical worldview and the faith of your family. I'm Jennifer White, publicist at Masterbooks, a division of New Leaf Publishing Group. As host of this show, I'll be opening the doors to the Masterbooks family library of books, authors, and curriculum. For over 45 years, our company has been about one thing, ink on paper to touch eternity, In a world increasingly at war with God, we are publishing to partner with you to disciple your family, the church, and the nations. Well, hello and welcome to episode five of the Masterbooks podcast. We're so glad you're here. Today we're tackling a very important question. We are going to talk about God's opinion on education. What does God's word say about education? And with us today, we have Israel Wayne. He is an author, a Masterbooks author, a speaker, and a homeschool dad of many children. And we also have Desiree, who's a homeschooling mom. She's also a moderator in the Masterbooks app. She is in charge of the book club in the Masterbooks app. She's going to tell us a little bit about that later. And she's always working behind the scenes of the app to make it a really great experience. So if you haven't checked out the Masterbooks app, you can find it on iTunes and Google Play. We would love for you to join our community there. So Israel, one of the books that you have written is Education, Does God Have an Opinion? It's probably one of the most popular books that, um, of yours that we've published And I was looking at the reviews of the book um, on Amazon and christianbook.com and masterbooks.com. And I was just surprised, not surprised, but thrilled of how many people talked about the impact that your book had made on the decisions they were making for their family. So that is really thrilling. And I know that um, when we post quotes on social media from that book, people get really passionate and know, show how much they relate to what you've written. So we thank you for taking the time to write that book, and we're glad you're here to talk about it today. According to the scriptures, what does God say um, is important about an education? What does he say in the word about education?
1: Yeah, there's so much in the scripture related to how we're supposed to teach children, but most people have never studied it, and so they assume that God is silent on the issue. okay. But well, when you look through the Bible and you do a word search for teaching or instruction, the word educate doesn't tend to come up very often uh, in our English, but there are some words in the in the Hebrew and the Old Testament, the Greek and the New Testament um, that specifically mean uh, education or academics or learning. And so if you word search some of those things, get a concordance and, uh, and look through the scripture, you find that the weight of scripture is directed to both fathers and mothers teaching us and calling us to teach our children. Uh, the only other people group besides fathers and mothers in the scripture who are commanded by God to teach children is actually grandparents, where we're commanded to teach our children and our children's children in a couple of places in scripture. But mothers are commanded and fathers, interestingly and ironically, are fathers are actually commanded more than twice as often in the scripture as mothers to teach and instruct their children. And so this is a duty that uh, belongs to both parents. And uh, I think most parents really don't know what it is that God requires of them as it com- as it relates to the education of their children, because they've never actually taken time to study. And frankly, uh, most Bible seminaries that train pastors never teach them a biblical theology of the family or a biblical view of education. So. Even most pastors really are pretty unaware of what the Bible says on this. So that's part of why I wrote that book.
0: Well, I, I'm i so glad you're talking about it with us today, and I'm hopeful that our listeners who are already homeschooling and have already read your book will um, share this podcast with their friends who are questioning homeschooling, who are uh, just not sure about the biblical mandate. So um, the next thing I wanted to ask you is, How does a truly biblical philosophy of education compare to a traditional school setting?
1: Well, my view is that there are two competing worldviews related to life, but particularly related to education, and that you are always going to be teaching children from one of those particular worldviews. Okay. uh, And that there's no middle ground, that you're always either teaching one or the other, and one is the humanistic worldview and uh, one of the greek philosophers protagoras defined that as man being the measure of all things Mm. and the biblical framework of course is that god is our center he's our focus he's the goal for which we do everything in life and so i think most of the uh, school educational classroom setting uh, particularly within government education to be focused on uh, preparing the child for vocation preparing them to be able to make a living um, helping them to uh, gain knowledge and information and yet the scripture has a different emphasis uh, we're, we're told in peter's epistle that we're supposed to begin with the foundation of faith and so peter says make every effort to add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge Peter doesn't start out with knowledge, he doesn't start out with information, because the Bible tells us that knowledge has a tendency of puffing up or making us arrogant. But you start with the foundation of faith, because Hebrews eleven six says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we're even told whatever is not of faith is sin. So we have to start with faith, uh, belief that God is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And then we add the next layer on top of that, we add the layer of virtue or moral character. Um, Because if you give information to somebody without the moral framework to know what to do with it, you you could just be educating them to become a more efficient and and smarter criminal. Hmm. So our goal is not merely to throw out information to help that person to be more effective at loving and serving themselves, but we want to create an educational system that helps them to come to know God who made them and to be equipped to love and serve him by loving and serving other people.
0: That is a beautiful description and it's convicting. And it makes me just kind of sit back and wonder, you know, some of the problems that we see in our culture today, if the people behind it had had that type of education, a biblical education, education based on faith in God first and um, then knowledge, what our world would look like today.
1: Yeah, interestingly, when you go back to early American history, uh, most parents were homeschooling or interestingly, they were kind of doing what we've discovered again, Mm. uh, what we call now homeschool co-ops. They were doing that through these things called cottage schools or community schools, which were really all parent directed, parent funded, uh, but they shared the teaching duties and kind of did it in community. And so in colonial America, um, they, they were pretty universal in saying that we needed to have an education that was focused on uh, equipping our children to know God. And so they had encouraged parents to teach literacy so that children could understand the scriptures and know how to apply that to all of their life. Uh, and really all of that changed somewhere around the time of the American Civil War, when government education really became a completely different type of model than what happened before that. And and by the turn of the 20th century, by about 1900, um, you had a a government monopoly on education, uh, on schooling at least, and um, it changed rather dramatically. And so now we're trying to go back and find something that we had at a point but that we lost um, through the the government monopoly of state controlled education.
0: Yes. Well, um, we were talking before the show began about Master Books and our mission. That for over forty-five years we have been about one thing: ink on paper to touch eternity. And I'm so thankful that that in 2012, Tim Dudley felt the call of the Lord to add homeschool curriculum to that uh, mission. And I just love what we've what we've created. What our team has created this. Curriculum that does start with the Word of God, and the Word of God is woven into the lessons. It's not just tacked on to the lesson, and and we have so many beautiful stories of salvations happening because they were reading found, you know, doing their foundations, phonics, and uh, different different readers within the early education, and and even families, moms who have discovered, rediscovered faith in God because they're teaching their children. So I'm just so thankful with um, for how your book and our mission works together. And Desiree, I want to um, come to you now and ask you for a little background like why did you and your family decide to homeschool and what made you decide to homeschool using master books?
2: Well, um, I didn't really have any plans to homeschool. My husband and I were um, raised going to public school, and so we chose to start our kids out in private Christian school, and we thought that, you know, they would build good relationships and have the Christian worldview through the teaching there, and. As time went on, we discovered that it wasn't really working out the way that we thought it would. And I started wrestling with how I could teach my own children about God and reading Deuteronomy 6, just thinking, you know, how am I going to do this? I was working at the school. My kids were gone. I had my third child and my mom was watching him, you know, when I was at the school and So I would, you know, take the kids home, pick up my youngest. It would give us enough time for me to come home, do dinner and homework, baths and bed. And then it was kind of, you know, wash, rinse and repeat. I had a friend who homeschooled and she had been encouraging me to homeschool. And so I finally decided that it was what I wanted to do. And so we started out with a Christian box curriculum. We found that that wasn't really lining up with the Bible. Some of the resources that they used were evolutionary in their science and history timeline, and it just didn't really sit very well with me. What I had imagined was more freedom, and I wanted to be able to take truly biblical resources and hand them over to my kids and let them look through them, learn, enjoy learning, and just soak in the truth that, you know, I know that the Bible is true, and I wanted those resources to back those up and so that's where master books came in and the first resource that we found was principles of mathematics and I had never really liked math in school but I really did enjoy learning about a biblical worldview and so it kind of brought those two worlds together and so I ordered that and we did the first principles of math That's where my daughter started. And then I also ordered the um, Big Thoughts for Little Thinkers books that I have right here. This one's the Trinity and the gospel and the scripture and the mission. And so I was just really impressed by the fact that both of those presented the gospel. And that's what I was hoping for. I started switching my middle student over because he was – struggling and I didn't realize there were a lot of gaps that he had. He just wasn't the typical learner. And so my oldest, we, you know, we made the full switch. I finally realized that Masterbook's biblical common sense approach was exactly what I was looking for. The span of my kids is about nine years. And so trying to meet all their different needs was a challenge so I just found that the teaching was easier and not only that that we were starting to have these amazing worldview discussions okay. and one of those discussions actually led into a conversation with my daughter and she was one of those kids who turned to Christ for her as her savior so
0: I love it That's so beautiful. Well, we want you to tell us about the book club that you're hosting and the Mm Masterbooks app. You recently are still, as of this recording, doing the um, book, Education, Does God Have an Opinion, that Israel wrote. So tell us what you and your friends, yay, there's Israel showing the book. Uh, For those of you who are just listening, we're getting to see the book. Um, So tell us about your group there in the app and what you are learning about education and God's opinion, what the word says.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to try to get to the heart of it, but I think we all discovered that reading this book was actually kind of like eating a 10 course meal. There was a lot of information packed in there. And so it's definitely a book that I and probably other moms will be taking a second pass through. I don't think he can absor- absorb everything that it has to offer that's in the first pass. Yes, for sure. For some of us who've been homeschooling for a while, you know, the title, Does God Have an Opinion? Yeah, I think we already felt like he does have an opinion. That's why we're homeschooling, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that we understood the depth of what that actually meant. And maybe that's why sometimes we have a, a hard time explaining to other people our motivation in homeschooling, why we homeschooling, homeschool or just why we think that it's God's best for education. And so, you know, growing up going to public school, I don't think that I realized how much secularism and worldliness was really just part of the air that I breathed and I just thought, you know, those are things to avoid. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm doing that and I'm trying to do that. I didn't realize that I wasn't getting that positive presentation of what God says about the things that we were learning. What we're doing in homeschooling, we're not just avoiding these bad things, you know, we're, we're coming to know who God is and what he's done. And that just leads us into worship, which sure. God intended for our ultimate joy and Amen. so when you when you look at it like that it's a completely different lifestyle
0: so you've had a lot of ladies going through the book with you and it sounds mm-hmm. like um and this is what i've heard about Israel's books that he has another book on answers for homeschooling but Israel i think you've done a great job of giving families the words to say in defending their choice like they they have the conviction they know They know that they know that this is what God's called them to do, but there's such a battle in explaining why there's such a a force against those decisions. And I think you've given um, our people, our readers, uh, a wonderful opportunity to express themselves well in a way that validates them and also gives them strength in their position but also uh, in a way that invites people to look at it a new way, not just complete controversy, but, you know, this is why I've made this choice. And when you look at it biblically, it just is very hard to disregard. So do you want to stop for just a second, uh, the interview to say, we would love for you to review our podcast. It would help us tremendously to help other people find the podcast If you take a moment to review it, if you're enjoying the show so far, we plan to actually do a shout out for different reviewers on each podcast. So as soon as you can, stop and just let the platform that you're using know that you love it. We have this segment. It's called Off the Shelf and Into Your Heart. Normally, I ask my friends that I'm interviewing what their favorite book is from Master Books, but I wanted a chance to tell you about mine. I am not actually reading, but I'm listening to Lily Isaac's book. It's called You Don't Cry Out Loud. And Lily Isaacs is part of the quartet called The Isaacs that many of you may have seen in the Gaither um, shows or know them because of their Christian music and bluegrass music. But Lily wrote a compelling autobiography telling the story of her parents surviving the Holocaust, what it cost her to leave her Jewish faith and become a Christian. She tells about her um, early years. She tells about the music business. She tells about struggles she's had in her own life. And it's a beautiful story of how God's met her in each one of those situations. And um, it's compelling and I highly recommend it. So thanks for entertaining my off the shelf and into your heart book for this week. Now we have the segment that we do at the end of the show, where we talk about what we would tell our younger selves. So this is an opportunity for my guests to share with you, the listener, things that they've learned along the way that they wish they would have known earlier, and that this piece of wisdom that they're going to share with you will hopefully help you sooner than they learned it themselves. So Israel, tell us about yours. What would you tell your younger homeschooling dad self?
1: Well, I had a great advantage in that I was homeschooled myself and I had a great opportunity to grow up with. Uh, hearing a lot of wonderful teaching from some of the best uh, teachers in the world on the topic of family and parenting and marriage and homeschooling. So I feel like I had a good start. I didn't have so much that I had to unlearn. Uh And I never spent a day of my life in government schooling. So I I have less deprogramming than some people. But I think one of the things that, that I knew, but I know much more deeply now, much more profoundly is just how important relationship is. I think there's a pressure sometimes that we have to try to force all this information into our child's brain. And uh, I just feel like sometimes we get so stressed with that process that we inadvertently can damage relationships by uh, being too too emotionally tied up in that, as Mm -hmm. opposed to realizing that you know, if these students have the the skills, they know how to think, they know how to read, they know how to learn, they're going to be okay. They're going to be mm-hmm. able to figure out what they need to know, to know in life. But my wife and I ended up writing a book that was published through New Leaf Press, which is a sister company to master books called Pitching a Fit, Overcoming Angry and Stressed Out Parenting. And I, I just think that that's something that my wife and I both have had to learn is how to let go of the, the stress of forcing life to to go our way, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even academically, when our children aren't getting it, that kind of thing to back up and just say we need to make sure that we keep relationship first and foremost, um, well, honoring God, of course, but but our family relationships above um, forcing information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we can. They'll get the information. It'll happen. Right. You um, just have to be diligent with that. But if you damage relationship, then, you know, you're going to have a really, really difficult time being able to pass on information when you've lost your child's respect and, and you don't have uh, that kind of influence. So thankfully, we, we, we never lost our children's respect. We, we didn't lose the influence, but I think we could have done better on that front. And, and I think we're, we're doing a little better now than we did earlier.
0: That's such wise advice, both biblically and scientifically, when you look at uh, neuroscience and and you just look at what happens to a, a person's brain when they experience trauma. And, you know, the trauma of just a parent being frustrated and angry can shut down the whole process. And one of the things masterbooks work so hard to do in developing the curriculum is to develop it in such a way that it's not overwhelming and that it helps the child learn to love to learn, and st- like you're saying, they're going. They're going to know how to learn. If they know how to learn, they will. But if they're not experiencing a wonderful, or even amicable, relationship with you while they're learning, it's really going to be difficult.
1: Totally. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, that is excellent advice. And Desiree, what about you?
2: Yeah i I think. I would have wished that I knew that all of my homeschooling fears that I had about starting homeschool, you know, were a (laughs) lie. That what we're doing is discipling them as we're educating them. And, you know, Satan doesn't like that. And we're doing spiritual work and it's spiritual warfare. So, you know, of course we're going to have these hard days and, if we can expect those and, um, you know, prayer is a really effective tool in our homeschooling toolbox, you know? And so we can't, we can't do this without God's help. And so, you know, just not focusing too hard on getting the resources perfect or, um, you know, that God is just going to bless you if you seek him, if you try to find his opinion in his word and, you know, pray and, um, you know, we that discipleship element comes as we apply God's word to every part of our lives. And it's not just an acad- academic process that we're handing over to them or, you know, It's not a compact little lesson, you know, we have to live it. And so, you know, we've seen that we can do that through reading Israel's book, Education Does God Have an Opinion, and applying that across the academic disciplines. But, you know, now with everything going on in our culture, um, we can also apply that culturally and take those biblical principles and use those as we wrestle with these different things going on and our culture leads me to our next book club choice. Um, I have it here with me, which is Good. quick answer to social issues by Brian Osborne. Um, I wanted to read a quote from the back by Ken Ham. Okay. And he says, he says, Brian provides biblical insights in today's hot button issues, clearing away the clouds of confusion our culture has created by highlighting and always bringing it back to the true nature of the battle, God's word versus man's word. This is a resource every teen and adult needs to read. And so some of those topics that are covered in the book are marriage and sexuality from God's word, a response to the LGBTQ plus community, animal rights and the green movement and the biblical response to racism.
0: Those are some powerful topics that you're going to be discussing. And so we welcome everybody that's listening to join the book club and the app. We're so thankful, Desiree, for your work in leading that book club. And this is going to be an excellent next step after doing Israel's book. So thank you both so much for being a part of the podcast today. We are so thankful um, to Israel for all of his Knowledge and willingness to put it on paper in the way it's impacting this generation, which will impact the next generation. And we're so thankful, Desiree, for um, homeschooling moms like you who are just sacrificing to do this God's way. And we know you're blessed because you are, because you are following the biblical model. So, thank you, everyone, for listening today. All of the. Things that we've talked about are going to be in the show notes. We want to invite you both to the book club, but also we're having an online event coming up soon. It's a smarter way to homeschool, and you're going to love it. We've had a summit before, and it went really well last year, so this is our next one. It's in the middle of June. You'll need to look up those dates and find all the details about how to join us on that, and the link to it will be in the show notes as well. Thank you, Israel and Desiree. Thanks to everybody. And I just want to bless you. May the mercy, peace and God be multiplied to you and your family. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining the Masterbooks podcast. This was fun and we are really glad you were with us. We invite you to check out masterbooks.com. We have a big library of books that will feed the faith of your family. And hey, subscribe to our channel so you won't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.